Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning. And uh, pleased to be gathered together here, uh, remembering the resurrection this day, as we do each Lord's Day. But this is April the 17th, and it's um, Resurrection Day on a yearly basis for those in, in Christianity. And we really appreciate those with us here today. We appreciate and are so pleased to have so many listening to us via the uh, Internet. And we welcome you and thank you. The title of my message, Three Days and Three Nights in the Heart of the Earth. Now, these are Jesus' words concerning something that was going to occur to him. Uh, the Jews have been asked, asking him and demanding that he give them a sign, so uh, another sign so they could be uh, titillated by that sign or whatever, but demanding it, and this was what he said, no sign will be given you except of the, uh, of the account of Jonah. They knew that account very well. Three days and three nights in the, in the uh, stomach of a large fish. They understood the concept, but they didn't put it together with uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that's what he was talking about. As a matter of fact, uh, let's look at uh, Matthew 12, 38 through 40. Um, because this is a, a passage that, uh, that we think of when we think of what Jesus said concerning this time. 38 through 40. Then answered certain of the scribes and Pharisees saying, Teacher, we will see, uh, we will to see a sign from thee. And he answered and said to them, A generation, evil and adulterous, doth seek a sign. And a sign shall not be given to it, except the sign of Jonah, the prophet. For as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Yeah, I was thinking about this, um, this whole idea. You know, the Jews looked at a, a day as not like we do. They looked at a day as evening and morning as being a day. In other words, the evening came and then the daylight. And then when evening draw, drew near, 6 p.m. in the afternoon to us, that was the beginning. That was the end of the, 
the day they were in and the beginning of the next. Now, you see, that's why people have had such difficulty with this issue of what day. We know that resurrection, we know that Mary came on the first day of the week while it was still rather dark, which means that it was, it was the first day of the week. But the resurrection had happened probably just at the moment, just before the first day of the week began. It had been on the Sabbath. And then you take the three days and three nights and back up and you find where all these other things happened. So this is the promise of the resurrection to mankind that Jesus told, uh, spoke to the Jews. Because of the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, we that are in Christ live in the resurrection body of Christ. So we live in the resurrection. That when these bodies are gone, we will not go to a dark place and wait for a long, long time for anything. That won't happen, friends. Many, many fear this. But to be in Christ is to be in the resurrection body. And that's why Jesus said, He that believes in me shall not die. That's why his statement is true. If you're in Christ, you will not uh, be in a place where there's nothing going on. In other words, the body may give up. We know that the physical body dies, returns to the dust, but not you. Now, um, in the resurrection body is not something to come, but a reality to those souls that are in Christ the Lord. To each one of us, we await that moment. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And man, each, each person will stand before Christ uh, when they leave this body, when they shed this body of flesh. And all of this, of course, what Nolan read this morning from John chapter 11 is so, so true on this. It is the, it's the foundation for us understanding about the resurrection. Most people feel the resurrection is just something that's far, far away. But when Jesus said, I am the resurrection, he started a whole new thought. We have to understand it. If we are in Christ, we share in that. And that's the goal of the Christian. Now, the interesting thing and the thing we always talk about with the resurrection is the empty tomb. <clears throat> because that tomb being empty was no small thing. Remember the guard that was out, outside? Remember the stone that was rolled in the door? Uh, and if you've ever seen how those were made, those stones were rolled into a, a spot where it would take ten times the force or more to get the stone out than it did to put it in. No small thing. But it was a small thing for the power of heaven. So let's look at John chapter 20. 
I like I like John, even though all the other Gospels have a, a rendering of this. And when you put them all together, they're wonderful because they give us every little aspect of it. But I like John 20, the first 13 verses. And it begins this, on, on, this way. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala comes in early morn to the tomb while it was still dark and sees the stone taken away from the tomb. She runs, therefore, and comes to Simon Peter, to the other disciple to whom Jesus was attached. Um, or Jesus loves, some of our other Bibles say. And says to them, they have taken away, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we know not where they have lain him. Peter, therefore, went forth and the other disciple and came to the tomb. And the two ran together and the other disciple ran forward faster than Peter (coughs) and came to the first uh, and came to the tomb first and stooped down. He sees the linen clothes lying. He did not, however, go in. Simon Peter, therefore, comes following him and entered into the tomb and sees the linen cloths lying, and the handkerchief which was upon his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a distant place by itself. Then entered in therefore the other disciple, who uh, also who had came first to the tomb, and he saw and believed, for they had not yet known the scripture, that he must rise from among the dead. The disciples therefore went away again to their own home. But Mary stood at the tomb weeping without, as therefore she wept, she stooped down into the tomb. And behold, two angels sitting in white garments, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, Woman, why dost thou weep? He says to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have lain him. Having said this, uh, having said these things, she turned backwards and beholds Jesus standing there and knew not that it was Jesus. Now I read verse 14 also. Now Mary of Magdala was the first to see the Lord after he had conquered sin by the blood of the cross, and after he had conquered the grave and death. These were the things that the Jews had burdened. That's what they were captive to, to sin and to, the, and to death. And this was, the death was known as the power of Satan. They were terrified of it. And uh, especially <laughs> those that had departed the ways of God. But these things had now come to an end. But no one really knew it yet. It was just questions for uh, Peter and for John and for Mary. And she stayed there and, and she listened to, the, uh, listened to the angels. But we also have something else of the empty tomb, the eyewitness of, the apostles, two of them, 
Of course, the others would soon see Jesus uh, also, but not the empty tomb at that time. And I think that's really something. Now, you know, the next section, I'm looking at it just a little different than I normally do. And I'm looking at it in the way of believing, what we, how we use that word, believing. Believing is more than seeing. Now, I know a lot of folks say, unless I see it, or feel it, or, or taste it, or touch it, or whatever, it's not real. And I can't believe. But in the language of the Greeks, it's very clear that seeing is only one way of, of knowing, of having an understanding. That the most powerful uh, Greek word for, for seeing has nothing to do with vision of the eyes. It has to do with what we know in our spirit. And unfortunately, we don't, the English language don't allow us to do that unless we, you know, write a paragraph about it, you know, and, and then we can understand um, about that. So from uh, verse uh, 15 on, Let's hear these, these words, and then we'll uh, look at it a little closer. Jesus says to her, because she sees him, Woman, why dost thou weep? Whom seek thou? She, supposing that it was the gardener, said to him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away. Jesus says to her, Mary. He turned around and says to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and to my God, and to your God. Mary of of Magdala comes bringing word to the disciples that she has seen the Lord, and that he said to her these things to her. Can you imagine what the apostles must have thought um, when she brought that message back to them? You know, there's always that grain of doubt, though. Did she really see the Lord? Was it really Him? And we know, you know, this is how we are. They wanted to believe it. The Lord is risen. But they didn't have any real information, even though Jesus had inferred it, an understanding of it, that He would go away. Was this the time? Or, you know, all these things were happening. When therefore it was evening on that day, which was the first day of the week, you see how the term is used evening. The evening is from, uh, from 6 p.m. on, is the evening, and then we have the night and the morning and the day, if you want to use it all. Um, the doors were shut where the disciples were through fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace 
be to you. And having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced, therefore, having seen the Lord Jesus, said therefore again to them, Peace be to you, as the Father sent me forth, I also send you. And having said this, he breathed into them and says to them, Receive, Spirit holy, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted to them. Whose sins ever uh, yet you retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called uh, Demas, was not with them when Jesus came. So there was only ten of them at that time. Uh, Thomas being missing from the room here at that time. The other disciples therefore said to him, apparently when he came back, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks, the mark of the nails, and put my finger into the mark of, uh, mark of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. By the way, uh, the word not there is the strongest uh, Greek word for not. It's, it's actually not not, I believe, in the Greek. Um, in no wise is the way we say it in English. In no wise will I believe. And it's a strong negative. And after, after this time, eight days, And eight days after, the disciples were again within, and Thomas with them. Jesus comes, and the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be to you. Then he says to Thomas, Bring thy finger here and see my hands, and bring thy hand and put it into my side, and be not unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed they who have not seen and have believed. And John ends his his, uh, eyewitness account with these words in this chapter. Many other signs therefore also Jesus did before his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. Now that's a, that's a good account. As I said, though, the other Gospels have also good accounts here on this, uh, some, more, uh, some other things even. And we spoke about the evening and morning. Just remember that, because it has uh, something. There's one other thing about the Jewish uh, keeping of time. It is evening and morning, but it's also they had 360 days in their year. And as you know, that would cause some trouble. So they had a month. They actually added a a 30-day period uh, to their um, year, moved it back, 
so that harvest their planting and harvesting would be at the right time during the year because of the rains, you know, and the lack of rain so they could plant and harvest. Because, you know, if you start missing five days a year, you got a problem. And even we don't have it perfect, do we? That's what leap year is all about. But anyway, um, Jesus breathed into them. That is the apostles, the ten that were there. We don't uh, hear about it uh, uh, here. In, in Luke, there's also another uh, account of him saying that, opening their minds uh, to the scriptures and that sort of thing. These, all these things occurred uh, to the apostles. And um, as we know, on the day of Pentecost, the, the, the promised paracletus, the presence of Christ himself, came into the apostles on Pentecost, and so it remained to the end of the age, uh, the end of the Jewish age at that, at that time, because of the work they had as apostles. All these things are great information, doctrinally uh, uh, idea. The word of breathing is the same thing as we have for the, the Holy Spirit is the breath of God, I believe, is a great way of saying it. The presence of God, it's the movement of God. Um, when we think of the prophets and, and all of these things that occurred, we have the breath of God. The word of God is the breath of God to us because that's where it came from. So they received the spirit of holiness, which is um, arrowist, and the spirit is, of course, is neuter in this case, uh, as it normally is. Arrowist means that it, uh, he, he's writing here at, uh, at this point. Uh, it all, had already happened, so it's arrowist. It did happen at that time, and it's, it's, it's happened in the past, actually, uh, when this writing was made. Now, all that's important because they're not, they weren't waiting. They didn't wait uh, or any of those things. It, it happened at the time, but we know that from the, the grammar of the original language. But I like the way that this passage ends. And we know about the, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And then John, after all of these things that he has recounted and told to us, he goes on to say those things about this is only a portion of what was said and done by Jesus. Because um, uh, in another place, it says if everything were written, it would fill every book in the world, you know, that sort of thing. It's in another place. Uh, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And that's Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ, the Son of God only begotten Son of God, and that might believing you might have life in his name. And that's the idea. Uh, Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. The Father sent him to be born as a babe in the manger and to be the Messiah to the Jewish people and then to the Gentiles and those that would accept him and who he was. And to that we can say, Amen. The scriptures certainly 
have done their, their work for humanity ever since they were laid down nearly 2,000 years ago. These words certainly instill in the readers, if not a great interest, at least a great a, a draw that, that brings us to a real understanding as we seek to know more about Jesus. That's one of the things I love about one of the hymns, that song, uh, the hymn, More, More, More About Jesus, I think. Uh, I, I swear we sung it every, every other week or when I was a boy in church. They liked it too. Uh, I like the words. I like the, the melody. And it tells a story. And it's really how a lot of people feel. Uh, we, need, we want more and more people to feel just like that as we consider who Jesus is. What Paul say? I come, I come preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the Lord. So he did, and so we should too. All right. Let us uh, consider these things then today. And we will have our closing hymn, Victory in Jesus. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.